I was oh. going to say, there are many, many podcasts. You're going to have to be There's more specific. so many podcasts. <laughs> I know. I have a backlog of like 900 hours. You said it was inspired by the podcast, and everybody who's listening to this went, me? <laughs> <laughs> Red Raiders. Hello. Thread Raiders. 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 Ladies and gentlemen, freaks and geeks, one and all, welcome to the Thread Raiders podcast. What started as a small uprising on Twitter has turned into a movement to spread goodwill among all creators, with the occasional side quest for gruel and a spoon. My name is Fenwald Griswick. I am TK. And today we have a special guest. Yay, Maddie. Hello. How you guys doing? Good. Excellent. Excellent. Unfortunately, CA could not be with us this week, uh, so we're going to have to uh, muscle on without her. That makes me a sad panda. So, Maddie, what's happening in your life? Um, probably more than I should be doing, but I'm having a good time. <laughs> Exhaustion can be entertaining. It's a funny thing, because I was never the type to be, oh, I'm going to do all this stuff and be happy. No, 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 no. I was deriding my friends for doing that. And <laughs> then things change, you know. We don't need sleep, Maddie. We've been through that. <laughs> I'm 41 years old. I kind of need some sleep, dude. You know? <laughs> they say that it's important that you walk a mile in another man's shoes. But in this case, if you walk 500 miles in another man's shoes, it's just a little bit more. Fair enough. Fair enough. Has anything been happening this week in the Threadraider world? Getting set up for more uh, Stinkrat charity streams. Yes. Oh, yes. And that's been super active in the Discord, actually. You know, I, I play a, a weekly game with Alex, and she is definitely one of my f most favorite people on Earth. Um, and uh, we've been putting together some stuff at the uh, So Nerdware shop. Uh, we're going to be doing a charity collection to... Uh, benefit her and we should hopefully have that unveiled i'm hoping this weekend awesome so i have a couple people uh still trying to get some uh some new uh new material for it uh we're going to be uh re redesigning a few other things that are already in the shop uh to to her and her character uh like colors and things like that, color schemes. So uh, we're, you know, this is one of those things that we like to do uh, when somebody needs, when we need to raise money for somebody, we try to put together a charity collection in the shop that, you know, ever since I opened it, that's kind of something we've always done. Stinkrat is my uh, Overwatch anonymous sponsor. <laughs> oh, there you go. Yeah. Yes. She's, she's in charge of getting me off of my Torbjorn addiction. <laughs> oh, oh, Dr. Beardface. Yes. yes. <laughs> it's beard for say. Yeah, I've I've played Overwatched <laughs> like one time. Um and for the most part I was Dr. Beardface. And uh I was really good at Dr. Beardface until we were I don't know, we jumped into like some really uh advanced level stuff and 
He was just not effective, so I was trying other characters. I'm not good at video games. I'm just, you know, I'm an analog guy. So, But mm. it was fun hanging out with my friends, and uh, they streamed it for people's entertainment because uh, Maddie doesn't play video games. So, <laughs> You should see me trying to get my VCR to not blink 12. I, I think it's kind of weird that she's still the VCR. Uh, I still have one. No judgments. I you no know I mean it's cool uh totally retro and I dig that um but I mean I don't even use a Blu-ray or DVD player anymore so you just are sworn off of movies altogether no it's it's everything streamed nowadays you know it's so much easier just to bring up the uh like the app for I can I can't even remember the name of it but and I don't watch a lot of movies Amazon, that's that's fair Hulu, that's fair Netflix yeah um. And then there's there's that one oh god voodoo that's it uh, where you can it's it's like renting a DVD or something like that for you know whatever it is four ninety nine um, and you don't have to worry about the disc the machine it's it's all integrated it's fantastic that's the thing I know what you're thinking VCRs they had where you would put in the tape. And then you had to adjust the tracking up and down in order to get the picture just right. But I've become an expert at that sort of thing. Think of all those years, all those hours that I spent becoming an expert. I would just have to, what, give that up? We still have the satellite dish because, um, you know, we have my mother-in-law living with us and she needs her Fox News. So what are you going to do? There you go. What are you going to do? Actually, I, I think I pay for so many of those uh, streaming services. Um, and then lately, I've basically just been watching Top Chef reruns on Hulu. I do the same thing. <laughs> it's kind of it right now. You know, I don't have a lot of time for TV. I am usually working on the computer for some reason. I spend most of my time going to the library, borrowing their DVDs, and then converting them to VHS. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, wow. I call it reverse piracy. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, I am picturing a uh, a black van, um, you know, with with a bunch of tapes, you know, hand hand scribbled on, or really bad photocopy stickers on there. Yeah. All I have to say is that I am really big on eBay. Okay, with okay. the over seventy crowd. There you go. There you I'm go. I'm like a household name. You know that over seventy crowd. They still got their money, so that's right. Yeah, they're the only ones of us who do. And right, Grizz has a boat, but it's sadly on the land. <laughs> their sails, cannons, everything. Huh. And the jolly. So it's it's up like... on wheels though, so when I get the sails up, it, I, we can still move forward. It just is, you know. We just don't stop on I ninety five. All right, it's a land boat. I like it. Yeah, it's like uh, on Cougar Town. Yes. Yeah. Or like Romancing it. the Stone. Ooh. Ah, uh, good movie. I never understood that. He, she's walking down the street at the end and sees a boat and she's like, it must be his. It was the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> the 80s yeah. is a topic we brought up many times on this show. Oh, yeah. We love the 80s. The 80s were, I don't know. The 80s were weird, but they were... It was my childhood, you know, so I'm okay with it. 
Last week, Fortnite introduced a boombox to the uh, to the list of weapons that you could use, and I shed a tear. Uh, <laughs> I cannot oh, that's stand so that game, I but I want to play just for that. Right? <laughs> <laughs> no, don't play just for that. It's it's incredibly addictive. You have too much going on in your life already. <laughs> we actually had a chat with a fellow Threadraider about not doing too much stuff. Next day, I take on four projects. Trying to please Thread Raiders? It's fun. It's really fun. Oh my gosh. So, you know, you do one, you do five, you do 12. You're like, that's okay. I'll sleep when I'm dead, right? (laughs) Yeah, right. And with your store, Maddie, I mean, that's constantly growing. You're always getting new stuff in. You have a store? I do. I do. I didn't Uh, know that. Yeah, sonerdware.com. It's... Basically, it's a D&D TTRPG board game designs and stuff on uh, all sorts of clothing and accessories. Ah. And we're always adding new things. Uh, we just recently added uh, Bluetooth speakers. And all oh, these things are fantastic. So, yeah, we're uh, constantly growing. Do you sell those DVD-Rs that are actually cup holders? <laughs> do not. <laughs> Because I am constantly looking for a place to put my coffee cup, and it, it just occurred to me one day, why not in the computer? I don't know. The liquid right next to the computer, that always that always makes me <laughs> nervous. I, I make cold, movements. No. I, you know, I'm clumsy. So I, I try to keep the liquids away from the computer, but uh, I, see, I see what you're saying. I see what you're I saying. I feel that way about my VCR player. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I would too. Those things are not easy to repair. <laughs> they just don't make the parts anymore. Yeah, but 99% of what you need to fix with a VCR, you can just do with a, a duster. You just kind of like run it back and forth in there, like a French-made duster. Oh, okay. So Grizz has a random French-made yes. when he's repairing VCRs. <laughs> Good to know. In case any of you are over at my house, that's, you know, it's perfectly normal. Huh. Okay. I mean, the fact she just stands there and waits for a VCR to break is kind of weird. And it's not Grizz in a French-made costume. Yes, we need to go back and clarify that. (laughs) It's not me (laughs) dressed as a French maid waiting for my own VCR to break. How gauche would that be? Uh, No, that would be fantastic. (laughs) (laughs) I I have things to do. I would watch that show. Come on. <laughs> I'm just seeing Ooh, in my a head. new YouTube channel. <laughs> exactly. Come this on. will be Threadraider fan art. Uh, I don't know if you heard, but we have a new YouTube channel coming out called Melton Minis. It's going to be all that and a bag of chips. Uh, <laughs> I've decided to take an acetylene torch and melt them live on camera. Uh, for all the world to see. Okay. And rage about. So. When the world starts hating me, Maddie, just remember, you knew me before I was the most hated man on Twitter. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah, dude. Um, People love miniatures, man. And I have the equipment to uh, cast my own. Uh, so are you going to melt them down and recast them? No, we're going to melt them down but play the video backwards so that they reform. Oh, okay. We're going to make a little thing out of it. Like each episode will have a dragon and then whatever mini is melting, that has offended the dragon and the dragon goes, and then there's the melting. Okay. 
I didn't want you to think that it was just melting the mini. We, it's more creative than that. I assumed it would be more creative than that, but uh, you know, I mean, I don't, I don't judge. Maddie knows how crazy I am. So do you, Grizz? That's true. Um, sure. A little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Well, why don't we talk about our game of the week? It was back in 1992 called Open D6. It sounds familiar. Yes, a new D6 system. New slash old. It's being re-released this year and are going to be kickstartering it soon. Fantastic. Because it came out before Fate. It was completely story-driven and your character sheet was four stats. Strength, intelligence, wisdom, luck. Okay. You could not have above a six. Do you have to roll for those, or do you like start off with one in each category? You roll for them. What if you roll all sixes? Then you are the luckiest person alive. <laughs> also, you are a god. The most unlucky. Because <laughs> by core rules of the game, you have to roll equal to or above your stat you're using. Oh. oh. Well, that's a problem. See one all ones. Yeah, pretty much. Ones mean you're like a god. Six means you're a god. But like if you get a huh. three, it's like because eh. huh. you could say, "Oh, I have a six in luck. I need to make a luck check. I'm gonna take my six. I get what you're saying. Okay. But you can only do that once per session. Okay. So it's like a mulligan. <laughs> kind of, yeah. Uh, does it have like any sort of world attached to it? Like, is there, a, you know, are you a, an elf or can you be a hacker in modern day San Francisco? You could be anything you wanted. It originally was released as these little magazines that they would sell in comic shops. In front of the comic shop, say, you, know, you see it there, they sold for a buck 85 and you got a set of dice. The company went out of business uh, right around 98. That's around the time that I think I stopped playing games altogether, but there was there was definitely a downturn in gaming <laughs> around that time. So did you miss out on the win-loser-draw phase? What do you mean? Yeah, win-loser-draw came out on television, and then everybody wanted to have an easel in their house so that they could have win-loser-draw parties. Oh, oh, win-loser-draw. It was disgraceful. <laughs> I loved every second of it. Right. You want to talk about debauchery? We'd have to pause the podcast for at least a half an hour. That's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> there is a really cool thing when they are re-releasing it, though. That so I got to chat with the guys. We're in a sadly we're in a Facebook group together. I prefer Twitter, but they're my friends there. Yeah, yeah. that's okay. The, we forgive them. <laughs> <laughs> the one really cool thing they did was saying. Let's say you wanted to play it in a D&D world. You could port any world into these set of rules. And there's a nifty little card, like an 8 by 10 card, for each kind of setting. Like, oh, you want a fantasy setting. Here's a way to incorporate a fantasy setting. Modern day. Here's a way to incorporate modern. Steampunk. Ghostbusters. That's one I'm still waiting for them to re-kickstarter. I'm going to sound like an old geezer right now, but 
back in my day, there were not this many games. <laughs> there are so many tabletop RPGs nowadays. I, I really can't keep up. It's absorbed my Sundays. Mm. <laughs> this segment of the podcast, like I need to find my players, testing it, make sure it's fun, make sure I don't want to burn it down. Right. If I do want to burn it, making sure I have toner in the printer. <laughs> well, just make sure if you do want to burn it down that you keep those for sweeps week. That way, you know, we have the flaming podcast in May. <laughs> it's promo time. 2019, a brand new year. Time for new beginnings. Time for making new friends and... Letting go of old grudges, except with your dice. I don't have to remind you about how those selfish little bastards have failed you. Failed you, I say, over the past year. I don't have to remind you of the dozens and dozens of nat ones that mysteriously popped up at just the worst possible moment. Start the new year off right. Start the new year off with a brand new set of tabletop loot dice to replace the filthy, slimy bastards who stole, stole your happiness. Right now is the perfect time to head on over to tabletoploot.com to see their wide variety of beautiful and, more importantly, trustworthy replacements. This is the easiest New Year's resolution you could possibly make condemning your treacherous dice to the trash bin of history and replacing them with beautiful, shiny sets of tabletop loot dice. They also have other items like t-shirts, dice jails, and a mug, which may or may not be a mimic. And while you're there marveling at the marbling, be sure to punch in the code THREADRAIDERS at checkout to receive 15% off of your order. After all, I'm guessing you're just like the rest of us. Dirt broke after five weeks of shopping for people you only see once a year. Tabletop loot, loot for every table. And now, back to our show. I I am still betrayed from the two Hans last week. Oh. Well, this week we don't have to worry about that. I just scrolled <laughs> down and I don't see the word Hans anywhere. So I think we're safe. Blast you unnamed T-Brand. <laughs> Ah, tea time is the portion of our show where we check the so-called facts from the other side of a popular beverage tea brand who shall remain nameless. Uh, your options are true, false, or huh, uh, which is really only true or false this week. Uh, I will read each fact and then wait for your response. Everybody ready? Yep. Yep. All right. Snapcap fact number 974. All gondolas in Venice, Italy, must be painted black unless they are carrying an important person. I'll say, uh, yeah, that's true. Have you been to Venice? Oh, God, no. I've basically been in New York City. Uh, the only place I've gone east of the Rockies. Were there any gondolas in New York City? <laughs> no, but I'm just saying I don't I don't travel. That's that's what I meant by understood. That. I just was checking to see maybe the East River has changed since the last time I was there. It's New York. Uh, you never I know. know. I've been, it's been a long time. <laughs> they do have uh, over fifty islands, so you know maybe they now have gondolas that'll take you back and forth. Hmm. I, I like the idea of that. I would pay for that. Yeah. I'll say true. Okay. 
And the answer is false. Mm. All right. Uh, so, originally, gondolas were the purview of wealthy merchants. Um, in the 1500s, there was uh, basically an arms race to the top to see who could produce the most lavish gondola in all of Venice. And it got so crazy that uh, the Venetian economy actually began to lose massive amounts of wealth as people were buying crazy foreign things uh, to put on their gondola. Like, for instance, lions and such. So, <laughs> in 1562, the city of Venice created what is known as a sumptuary law uh, dictating the exact nature of gondolas. And in that law, it does specifically state that all gondolas must be black as a way to disarm uh, this arms race, as it were. Huh. Um, and that's it. That's the end of the law. So there is no exemption for carrying an important person. It just says your gondola must be black. And I so see. for that reason, this okay. must be false. I see. I see. Yeah. I thought maybe for the Pope. <laughs> no, the I think he gondola? just gets a he just gets a shield, <laughs> like a clear shield around the gondola. But uh, it's still got to be black. I want to give a special shout out to Gondola Greg. Uh, you can go to gondolagreg.com, and he has weekly posts about his life as a gondola rower. Uh, literally, he has posted every week for twelve years. Oh wow. Yes. Isn't that a gondolier? It is. It, yeah, that is, he is a gondolier. That is correct. Okay. <laughs> the appropriate word. Um, I find that fascinating. I see blogs all the time where you know somebody will go a month or two months without posting something, or maybe even years. This guy is super dedicated to the world of gondolas. It's incredible. That's amazing. I definitely want to check this out. Uh, Snapcap fact number one two two five. You cannot hum while plugging your nose. Cue the sound of people nearly passing out from plugging their nose. What? That's, that can't be true. Is it? I, I'm not doing it. I just tried it. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I know this trick. You can try it, and then I'll just bleep that part out. <laughs> I did it far enough with my mic. <laughs> uh, whatever you hum make sure it's not copy protected so it has to be a song before 1928 <laughs> oh, wow, i'm gonna really say true that is really difficult to do oh wow difficult or impossible because there's a i don't th i don't think it's impossible i think you can do it it's just very very brief because yeah like there's no air moving well, so let's clarify that. Humming would be, uh, specifically, the definition of hum is to sing without opening your mouth. So song would be more than a couple of seconds. I just want to make oh, sure that that's Okay. Clear. All right. Then I, then I would say that, yes, that's true. You cannot do it. All right. And the answer is true. Okay. Um, so basically, sound is produced by pushing air past your vocal cords. The air has to escape somewhere, and if both your mouth and your nose are closed, it just builds up in there until you can't press any more air past your vocal cords. That's fascinating. Never thought of it. I haven't either. Now, you might be thinking to yourself, uh, what if I have a 5 8 diameter cheek piercing and you take that out prior to <laughs> attempting to hum? That's 
uh, cheating. <laughs> I, I think that's technically whistling at, at some yeah. point. <laughs> Kudos to you for having mauled your face in order to disprove a Snapcat fact, but, you know. <laughs> uh, we're still going with trope. Yeah. yeah. Fair. Snapcat fact number 688. Flying fish leap out of the water at 20 miles per hour or more and can glide for over 500 feet. Huh. I don't know about that. I want to say true. That seems pretty far. I, uh, well, maybe. Uh. And for those of you who are overseas, that's about 160 meters, give or take. That was for you, Nils. That's for you, Nils. Lay fancy. And Paul. I'm gonna I I'm gonna say uh I'm gonna say no. I'm gonna say false. Okay. And the answer is true. Ah. What do I know? <laughs> the family is Excotidae. And uh they it consist of sixty four different species of fish. Uh the Distance traveled outside of the water is 1,300 feet or 400 meters at a speed of upwards of 43 miles per hour. So in both of those cases, it's twice as much as uh, what was printed on the cap. And so in that case, it makes it true. So we need to give these fish Red Bull. They'll be able to travel through time. (laughs) They already have wings. <laughs> 43 miles per hour, for those of you who are wondering, is 70 kilometers uh, per hour. Fun fact in May 2008, a news crew from NHK in Japan, that's a local news group, uh, filmed a flying fish off the coast of Yakushima Island as it broke the world record by remaining airborne for 45 seconds. That's a weird record to keep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, just a little bit. Um, but, I mean, that's not the weirdest thing I've seen coming out of Japan. So, no. you know. It's my understanding that the Guinness people are heavy beer drinkers. So, and they could all be related. <laughs> Snapcat fact number 492. To remove crayon marks from walls, use a hairdryer to heat the wax. Huh. I don't know about that. I just use soap and water. Uh, that just... No. That can't, that can't be true. I want to say false. Yeah. All right. Yeah, definitely false. Okay. And the answer is true. Huh. Really? Well, And to howdy. prove it, I have a link in the description below uh, to a video on YouTube. Uh, this is what is known as a life hack. <laughs> I just like how you said that, Grizz. I like that uh, Hack My Life show. That's a good one. I want to know who got the idea. Like, just like, oh, yeah, my kid just drew all over my perfectly clean walls. I know. I have a blow dryer. Can anyone be on Hack Your Life or is it like a special thing? It's uh, it's a uh, it's a TV show on. Well, I want to say true TV Uh, and. There's uh, these two comedians uh, that do the show. Um, I can't remember their names. It's a guy and a gal. And they're hilarious. Um, but they 
they do these hacks and stuff like that. They, you know, it's a whole show. It's great. Do they need anybody to help them fix VCRs? Because I am the perfect guy for that. I think it's worth a uh, a tweet or an email. I'm email. going to write them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Snapcap fact number one one four five. John Quincy Adams regularly skinny dipped in the Potomac River. That sounds like a true story. It does. It makes it sounds so true that it makes me want to say false. <laughs> what is that? That's almost too true. That's almost too true. Uh, I don't know. The Potomac was really a lot colder back then, so I don't know about that. No, I, I don't know. I'm I'm still gonna go with false. Okay. I'll go with true. All right. And the answer is true. Ah, there we go. So I want to go on record as objecting to the phrase skinny dipped. Um, skinny dipping is something that teenagers do when they want to see each other's uh, hoo-hoos. Back then, you didn't have bathing suits. You didn't go down to the to the beach and there was like 50 different shops there that had all kinds of bric-a-brac and you, you know, would ask them for a swimsuit. You swum in the nude. And so uh, John Quincy Adams, president of the United States, did regularly swim the Potomac River. And he would literally swim from Washington, D.C. over to Virginia and back. There's also an anecdotal story about a time where he went, uh, I guess, skinny dipping, if you want to call it that. And when he got back, his clothing was gone. And he and the other people who were there with him began looking around for his clothing. And it turns out that they had been taken by a female reporter who refused to give them back until he gave her an exclusive story. And so he did. Resourceful. That's yes. moxie. Yeah. That's Exclusive smart. story is not a euphemism, by the way. <laughs> Snapcap fact number one two four nine: Jellyfish can clone themselves. I want to say false, based off verbiage. I mean, are you are okay? Like, are you saying that uh, a creature that like reproduces through mitosis or something like that is cloning itself. I'm very glad you asked that question. And I want to be expressly clear here. I am not saying anything. The unnamed tea brand is claiming that jellyfish can (laughs) clone themselves. Okay. Okay. No, I'm just trying to qualify. Okay. What, uh, I'm trying to preserve my reputation. Definition of cloning is, (laughs) (laughs) um, see now, I really want to say, no, that's impossible. So then, of course, uh, the answer would be, oh, yes, of course they can. So, uh, <laughs> Does my consternation, was that not coming through, the tone in my voice? <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll say, no, I'll say false. All right. And the answer is false. Yay! Jellyfish produce both sexually and asexually. Uh, sexually is their preferred method. They just hurl eggs and sperm out into the ocean, and somehow it just works out that way. Uh, but asexually is also a possibility, too. Uh, if a shark or some sort of appropriate fish that I don't know much about 
jellyfish predators. Uh, but if a fish were to bite a jellyfish in half, that jellyfish can regenerate the other half of it. In an emergency, if jellyfish can't find uh, opposing sexual partners, they can literally split themselves. That's not cloning, mind you. That's just splitting in half. Right. This fact, quote-unquote, appears to have come from a 2011 article that was uh, submitted to treehugger.com about a jellyfish which was held in captivity in Australia, which seemed their word, not mine, uh, to spontaneously give birth to 200 identical, again, their word in quotes, not mine, uh, jellyfish, despite having no other jellyfish in the tank with it. Um, I take umbrage with uh, both seemed because they didn't actually investigate. It just was an anecdote. And also with the word identical because they didn't actually test any of the other jellyfish to see whether they were identical or not they just you know uh, i I don't know ate them i don't know what happened (laughs) that's just racist all jellyfish (laughs) don't look the same (laughs) Uh, i personally think it is much more likely that they captured a pregnant jellyfish and that it just gave birth at that moment Uh, now when i say pregnant jellyfish i mean that the jellyfish happened to have polyps on it as opposed to in the wild, polyps naturally fall to the ground. Um, but in this case, it was an upside-down jellyfish, which means that the polyps could have fallen into it and then were thus born. Is a jellyfish ever really upside-down, though? It is. Huh. Cassiopeia chamacana is the upside-down jellyfish. It literally lives upside-down. Um, mostly they live on the, on the ground uh, of the, you know, wherever they are living. And they're vegetarians. Uh, They actually carry around their own algae farm, uh, which they use for both oxygen and food. Hmm. Yes. Fascinating. Nifty. They're like a filled cup all the time they're filled. You learn something new every day. Snapcat fact number 64. Strawberries contain more vitamin C than oranges. That's, I think that's definitely true. Do you eat a lot of strawberries? No. No, but uh, oddly enough, I believe there are a number of things that have more vitamin C than oranges. And so, I'm yeah. I can tell you for certain that there are eight things that have more vitamin C than than oranges. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to say true. Okay. And the answer is false. Huh. Uh, Vitamin C, which is also known as absorbic acid. I went to the FDA compositional database which has uh, listings of all kinds of different foods and exactly how much of everything is in them. So all the vitamins, how much fructose and fat and protein, so on and so forth, are all inside your food. You can look up any food you want. For oranges, uh, the number is 857-169-005267. For strawberries, it's 07003838708. And I found out the following. For uh, strawberries, the amount of vitamin C in 100 grams is 38.6 milligrams. For mm. oranges of the exact same volume, uh, 59.2 milligrams. And so thus oh. oranges have more. Interesting. Yes. And so now I alluded to the fact that there were eight other foods that had more vitamin C than an orange, and I shall read them to you now. Uh, these are non-juice food sources. So there are some juices 
that have more, but that's ridiculous because if you squeeze the juice out of a fruit, it's not the same thing. No. Uh, they are lychees, uh, logans, nants, kiwi fruit, peaches, as weird as that sounds, European black currants, guavas, and at the number one spot, the unfortunately named acerola, also known as the Barbados cherry. Acerola. <laughs> The San Francisco tree. <laughs> I I really want to make a casserola of acerola right now. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> so our winner this week is TK. Yay. Turn up the bass. And now it's time for What's in the Box. What's in the Box. Uh, the portion of our show where we follow the ongoing soap opera of an adventurer weaving through a strange and foreign land on the way to destiny. And of course, lots of boxes. Everybody ready? Ready. I believe so. When the sun finally rises, high enough to crest above the cliff that directly abuts your campground, it stirs you from your deep, drug-induced slumber. Still woozy from the dozens of toothpick-sized arrows that collectively injected you with a high dose of potassium channel-inhibiting alkaloids, you crawl to your knees. The air is clean. The sky is clear. Your face is covered in ash and gravel, but you have no time to relish in this new day. Your companions have been yak-napped, and it's up to you to go get them back. Since you keep most of your gear in Molly's bottomless saddle of holding, you're hurting for resources. What little supplies remain of your campsite are easy to pull together. You tie everything up into a makeshift rucksack and set off to get your deposit slash best friends back. Though you are an expert tracker, even a novice schoolboy could follow the hundreds of tiny footprints that lead away from your camp. Surprisingly, the path leads you on for almost two miles, meandering through forests and forcing you to climb a hill and wade through a small creek. With the midday sun beating down upon your shoulders, the trail you've been following finally comes to an end at the edge of a deep ravine. You creep up to the edge and look over the side. You can't see the bottom. A quick visual inspection reveals that there are no footprints on the far side of the ravine. As fantastical as it may seem, you deduce that the dog-faced creatures must have descended to the bottom. Sadly, there are no ropes or elevators on this one, and the ravine is too long to circumvent. If you are going to save Molly and Minnie Mal, you're going to have to do this the old-fashioned way. Luckily, you're still armed with your ninja claws, so that will relieve some of the pressure on your fingers. But as for the rest of your body, you contemplate the severe cramping you're about to experience as you hoist yourself over the edge and begin your descent. The walls of the ravine are sheer, with very few handholds. Uh, during your initial descent, you can see where the dogface creatures have installed pulleys and pythons at key locations to allow them entrance and exit from their subterranean abode. How they lowered two full-size yaks into this pit is anyone's guess, but you quietly pray that their descent wasn't left up to gravity. After an hour, your arms are on fire and your neck aches from craning it while unsuccessfully trying to spot the bottom. You start to get seriously concerned about the possibility of running out of energy. Even worse is the possibility that you may actually make it to the bottom safely only to find you're too weak to defend yourself from the horde of dog faces you're bound to meet there. And that's when you spot it. 
a sight simultaneously grisly and welcoming. After descending past a small rocky outcropping, you spot the remnants of a horse-drawn carriage trapped dangling from some vines. The skeletal remains of the two horses are in pieces and half buried by the foliage, but the remainder of the carriage appears to be in all but working order. You slowly make your way horizontally from hand jam to hand jam, raining pebbles and dust into the nothingness below, until eventually you are able to grab one of the wheels of the carriage. You place some weight on the carriage, then a little more, then a little more. Soon you're standing on the wheel of the carriage, and you haven't died. You climb up the carriage to the driver's perch. The skeleton you find there tells you the story of a man whose rumbling stomach wasn't loud enough to reach the ears of his search and rescue party. You also find some weapons, a small boot knife and his whip. Convenient. Not wanting to take too long of a rest, you sit tight for about a half an hour or so. But staring into the vacant sockets of your companion for that long renews your eagerness to safely descend to the ravine floor. Your upper body now recovered, you crawl back down the side of the carriage. You balance yourself precariously on the rear wheel while holding onto what at first you think is the footrest for the driver. Except it's not the footrest for the driver. It's the handle of the carriage door. The door swings open violently, causing you to lose your footing and leaving you dangling precariously by one arm above certain doom. The creaking of the hinges echoes off the walls of the ravine as you swing your legs back and forth to get a second point of contact. Finally able to regain control, you crawl through the window of the door and settle into the interior of the carriage. You now take a second break, panting vigorously from both exhaustion and panic while nursing your strained shoulder. At first the pain in your shoulder is all you can think about, but then that ache is replaced by another in your ribs. It seems you're not the only passenger in this handsome cab of doom. Under your left rib, you find that you are laying on the sharp edge of a box. It looks like a military footlocker, though not as tall. It's made entirely of a beautifully polished cherry wood and stained a reddish-brown hue. On top of the box is a carving of Ejaculus Ejaculus, the lesser Egyptian Jerboa, the most hideous of all vermin, featuring a long tail with a fuzzy poof at the end and a face that only a mother could love. <laughs> the lock on the front is intact, but the rear hinges have been jarred loose over time. Some quick handiwork with the boot knife digs the screws out of the wood, granting you access to the contents, a convenient distraction from thoughts of your own mortality. My question for you is this. What's in the box? I got the perfect item. When you open the box, you see inside what, you know, there's the typical stuff in a footlocker. There's some rat-chewed shoes. You got a torn-up shirt. But inside that shirt, you see a little peeking of a pouch. Okay. And when you take the pouch out, they're goggles. Ooh. We've had good luck with goggles before. And if you would put these goggles on, they allow you to see everything when you adjust them. Interesting. You can see through walls, through people even. And also, you can sense motive. Motive? 
you can sense motive to see if someone's trying to deceive you immediately. Let's say, all right, so I'm wearing the glasses and you lie to me. Uh, do you like glow red? They don't just glow. They catch on fire, specifically their pants. <laughs> I like it a lot. <laughs> so <laughs> let's say a cop gets a hold of these, right? And the entire department is basically on fire at this point. <laughs> the guy the guy's lying to me right and his pants burst on fire i give him new pants and now he lies to me again and his pants go up in flames that's how this works yep all right oh golly i want these goggles <laughs> well let's say you're playing cards okay and somebody goes all in and they have <laughs> and burst in flames uh, they, they yeah they burst in the flames they're like, you know they're bluffing <laughs> there should probably be uh, some kind of severity. Yeah. Uh, you know, like intensity uh, aspect to it. You know, uh, like if it's just a little lie, like they just kind of smoke a little, you know. Uh, Honey, where were like you? Oh, I was getting milk from the store and there's just a little bit of smoke coming off of the pants. But then it's, Honey, where are you? Oh, I was working late today. The food's up in fuego. Exactly, exactly. I, You know, I think there should be a little severity there because sometimes, sometimes holding back a truth, uh, you know, sometimes you, you do so not to hurt somebody's feelings or maybe there's a surprise involved, you know. Uh, it, Did I, I mention know. these are a cursed item? Oh, I see, I see. Well, then. The dwarf who made them was quite All mad. bets are off. Yeah, yeah. The dwarf who made him was what? He was quite mad. Oh. Not like angry mad. Oh, thank you. I was going to say, at a liar, because I could totally see that. I mean, they kept calling him a gnome, but he was pretty adamant he was a dwarf. <laughs> oh. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I could see that. But we all agree that white lies do not produce a white hot flame. That's the. Right. Okay. Now, when you said adjust the goggles, what does that mean? There are little dials on the side that drop okay. down different lenses. Kind of like Joel's huh. loops. I'm very excited about this. So you would be able to use these to see if, let's say, enemies are coming or to peer through their fortifications. And then if they lie, set you on fire. Set them on fire. Yeah, they didn't have to be lying to you. You could just be looking at them. That would be huh. interesting. So you besiege a castle... And you just send out one guy with the goggles to stand next to the wall and stare at everybody. And then eventually the castle will be yours. I'm glad that we found a practical use for this other than destroying people's families. <laughs> <laughs> Maddie, what do you got? Uh, there's a sack. And uh, it's... By any chance, does the bag speak to me? Because we have had sentient bags in the past and I need to clarify that right up front. Uh, it doesn't speak per se. Okay. But it does, it does, like, it does make some noise. It is humming with its nose plugged. Um, <laughs> that proves that it's magical. Yes, yes, exactly. A very steady hum. Almost as, uh, like the, the chirps of a, of a cricket. Ooh, bag of crickets. This could and get super in, exciting. <laughs> are you going to open the sack? All right, so... I kind of I dangle the sack out the window of the carriage just okay. just in case it is full of crickets. <laughs> 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 I won't be inundated. So yes, I would like to open the sack. Okay. 
You open the sack, and it is full of mashed potatoes. Ooh, <laughs> mashed potatoes. Yes, mashed potatoes. And uh, you don't know how long the sack has been there, but these mashed potatoes, they're piping hot. Steam coming out of the sack. <laughs> Now, I have to admit, we also have a teapot that makes perfect tea. So are these mashed potatoes perfect? No, they're never perfect. There's <laughs> always there's always a few lumps. Oh. Always. Unless you want lumpy potatoes, in which case they're perfectly smooth. Exactly. So is there any butter? Uh, yeah, the, the butter's blended in, uh, and it's real butter. Okay. Nice. None of that... Uh, that fake stuff, that spread, if you will. <laughs> um, yeah, these aren't theater potatoes. So you get the real thing. No, yeah, the real thing. Uh, and the secret ingredient? Is it love? No, it's sour cream. Oh, oh. Yeah. Are there any bacon bits? No, 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 no. Because this is not a a twice baked sack. <laughs> <laughs> this is a this is a sack of mashed potatoes. It's a single single bake sack. That's right. You you're speaking to the uh, Irish and Scotsman in me. Yes. <laughs> that uh, I could survive on fucking mashed potatoes. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, for like two months, that's all I ate. So I dubbed this the winner. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now I'm hungry. Now, yes, I want to pour gravy all over this sack. Uh, I mean, who doesn't? <laughs> All right. Well, now uh, we're going to talk about what's coming up this week, Thread Raiders or otherwise. Um, why don't we start with uh, Maddie real quick? Do you uh, have any interesting uh, tidbits or uh, events coming up that you want to promote? Um. Well, you know, I I'm running a. My friends, we, we play Fridays, uh, Friday evenings, and we are, I think we're the first uh, live action um, uh, live or actual play uh, stream that actually stemmed from the Thread Raiders. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Um, the Threads of Fate we do on Friday nights. Right. And uh, so this is, uh, this Friday today is the... Uh, two part, the second part of the Dragonlance two shot that I'm running my friends through. I normally play, but I am running uh, my friends and the DM through it, and we're over in Dragonlance uh, in on Kryn. So that's that's today, and then tomorrow is so chatty with Maddie on my Twitch channel. Nice. So yeah, that's uh, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, and I've got TK here on the show. Along with uh, my, a couple of my friends from my Wednesday game, oh, TK. Uh, Riley Avery and Danny <laughs> B. So yeah, yeah, it'll be fun. And yeah, this is convenient because now I don't have to ask TK what he's doing this week because we already know. <laughs> <laughs> he's just and going to be on your show. We're just gonna be. Uh, we're, we're. I think we're gonna do something on Sunday too, and then maybe Monday. I think we're just gonna we're just gonna make a thing of it. You know. yeah. And soon we will have uh, new stuff for the Thread Raiders YouTube. Ooh, that's I exciting. am uh, 
working with some folks to get our Minecraft server up to full specs. But I'll be nice. doing some uh, PG stuff for us, showing off the mods we're going to have, which will be a Patreon exclusive exclusive server once it gets up and running, called the Raider Pack Mod Pack. Awesome! That's that's a fantastic Patreon exclusive to have. I think that's great. What would be in the mod pack? So many things. <laughs> uh, the, the list <laughs> is 200 different Minecraft mods right now. I mean, it's Thread Raiders. It's got to be a lot. And those are just ones I picked. The community, yeah. the Thread Raider community, has chosen tons more. Let me ask you this. Does it come in a canvas bag? And if so, is the canvas bag oh, no. an actual canvas bag or is it a vinyl bag? I'm sorry. Bag? Uh, we only have nylon. Oh, oh boo. <laughs> <laughs> There's a joke there, but we don't have enough time, so I'll Google it. <laughs> uh, February of this year, uh, which is a little less than what? Three weeks? Yeah. yeah. Uh, the Stink Razor. All month long. Our good friend, The Stink Rat Streams, which is how you can find her on Twitch TV, uh, which we highly recommend because she's got a great stream going over there. Um, we're doing a, a fundraiser to help raise money for some medical expenses that she, we're hoping to uh, you know, help her out with. And so uh, we will have some more information on that later. But uh, TK, can you give me a, a brief idea of where we're at in terms of scheduling and things like that? Uh, we've got a lot of people who want to DM. I'll be getting with them throughout this week find out when they're free and i will also be dming a game a murder mystery i wrote title is actually inspired by the podcast our podcast yep oh good huh. i was gonna say there are many many podcasts you're gonna have to be There's more specific. so many podcasts <laughs> i know i have a backlog of like 900 hours you said it was inspired by the podcast and everybody who's listening to this went me <laughs> fair totally fair uh we're all very uh super excited about the stink razor um again that's going to be happening in february you, we, the page is actually up and running now there will be a link in the description below uh it's a gofundme so you can donate now if you don't want to wait until february uh, and we would really appreciate it if you did and i'll be doing individual streams throughout the weeks just keep an eye on my twitter You'll see them. And then finally, uh, we're just going to mention this. Uh, Gen Con, for those of you who are interested in meeting up with uh, CA and a bunch of other Thread Raiders, uh, Gen Con is the time to do that. Um, that's August 1st through the 4th. We're mentioning it now because this is the time of year where you would actually want to book hotels and things like that. You want to get in on this early. So uh, I figured I'd throw that out there as well. No, it's smart. Smart. Yes. Plan ahead. And so with that, thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for listening to our show. We hope that you enjoyed it. Uh, we also want to thank Maddie for stopping by today. Thank you, Maddie. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Yeah. It was uh, a lot of fun. Yes. Um, and we also want to thank Tabletop Loot, our steadfast sponsor. If you go to tabletoploot.com right now and order yourself some dice, T-shirts, mugs, whatever else they got, they got all kinds of different things. You should check out the wide variety uh, of things in their store. Uh, use the code THREADRAIDERS to get 15% off of your order. 
And if you enjoyed our show, please give us a tweet or retweet the tweet that I'm going to put out tomorrow. And uh, for more information on the Thread Raiders, you can go to threadraiders.com, where we have links to all of our social media properties, including Facebook, Twitter, etc., etc., etc.